Welcome back to Rockstock Channel. It is Friday, November 3rd. Uh, and I thought, Rodney, that uh, we were going to go a week without having to mention, uh, you know, Mineral Resources or Gina Reinhardt. But, um, you know, overnight, we see that uh, Chris Ellison um, is now on the register with a 12% stake. And I think Gina has an 18% stake. And SQM has uh, a 19.9% stake. So, before commenting on that, um, I just wanted to throw that out there. We did publish the October scoreboard, and in line with my October uh, lithium bull, which was, uh, for some reason, I mean, I love the Rolling Stones, but I was looking at a bunch of songs, you know, what could be positive, and, and there's more negative songs um, than positive. So I, I, I looked at the red on the scoreboard, and, and then I retweeted um, or tweeted the, the song Gloom and Doom. Uh, which is what is reflected on that scoreboard, with the exception of a couple of companies that have had bids, you know, from an M and A perspective. So Azure it was up, and um, LPI was up, and, and a few companies that had you know decent exploration results. But but overall, October following September has not been great. But um, I'm feeling a bit more positive. Uh, the unemployment. Uh, numbers that just came out of the jobs report was not very positive, which uh, is a positive uh, on the prospect of, you know, the, the pause in rate cuts or rate rises, uh, you know, and, and Jay Powell's comments earlier this week seemed to say that kind of like he's on pause and, and we've had a bit of a bounce late, you know, in, 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 in the week, Albemarle and Livent both uh, published their results, both of which, you know, were negative and guided worse, uh, in, in Albemarle's case, you know, worse than the market expected, but Albemarle's stock is up. So there's a lot of bad news, you know, I think already embedded, you know, in those prices. We're going to talk about those things. Before we do all of that, I just want to remind everybody, if you like uh, this video, please like it. Uh, and subscribe, hit the notification bell for all our future videos and uh, visit RK Equities website if you want to get our lithium bull emailed to you directly. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Lithium Royalty Corp. You'll hear more about them uh, later in the video. That's uh, their listed ticker symbol LIRC.TO in, uh, in Toronto. Uh, they have a basket of some uh, 32 Royalties, I think, mostly on Hard Rock, um, and I think they acquired another one um, through Q2 uh, earlier this week on the on the Mia property. And uh, finally, we just uh, had this morning our group call with our you know hundred and three hundred dollar Patreons. And um, one thing we're uh, we'd like to say is that like our scoreboard, which we publish you know for free on Twitter and in uh, the Lithium Bull, you know, uh, cuts off at like 25 million market cap. And there's a number of sub 25 million market cap companies that we care about that are not yet on the scoreboard. Um, and we think a number of those have high prospectivity. And, uh, you know, we're thinking maybe of, of, of scheduling a, a special call on, on some of those. So if you're interested in hearing what Rodney and I, you know, think about, um, you know, those earlier, earlier stage exploration stories, please consider uh, registering um, for uh, us at the, uh, the $100 Patreon tier or higher. 
So Rodney, you um, are currently digesting the Albemarle Live Event news as well as the Mineral Resources, Pilbara, and um, and Core and Allchem uh, results. So they've all reported. Uh, next week is going to be Piedmont uh, for the first time ever. You know, the the the, the lithium producing world is going to hear on a quarterly basis. Uh, the boss Keith Phillips give his view. Um, and SQM is going to come later, but uh, where most of the companies have reported, what are you hearing and or are you, what are you interpreting, you know, from those comments uh, in addition to the broader um, bullishness you've tweeted about, you know, from a EV sales perspective coming out of China and elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, a particularly relevant last point you just made, Howard, and, and Paul Graves made the comment in the live and earnings call is that um, we are seeing no meaningful shortfalls in an actual demand uh, versus the forecast. Um, it's still a bit perplexing when you look at um, what's coming through on the demand side and what's happening with live pricing. Um, it was interesting that he said uh, it's not reflective. Um, just as a reference point, I think Atomus Intelligence is about 50% gigawatt hours deployed year on year increase for passenger EVs for the year. I think I'm at 48%, so we're pretty much in the same ballpark. That is, to my mind, hardly a stalling. You've seen China hit record sales in October on a year on year basis. I think it was, uh, you know, over 30%, which um, Considering how strong October 22 was as a growth, that's very good going. Um, I think broadly speaking, we're still on track for 14 million units. Passenger EV sales, um, the wholesale number production also looks good. Energy storage looks good. So there is a discrepancy and it largely comes down to the destocking. The one thing I will concede is that it would appear that Africa and in particular Zimbabwe is producing more spodumen than I expected. That is going to have some impact. I think the talk is they could be almost up to a run rate of 10,000 tons of LCE by year end, which call it 80,000 tons of spodumen. So on an annualized basis, nearly a million tons. That's definitely come a bit out of left field. We'll see how commercially some of the lower grade material stands up and how lipidolite stands up but that was a surprise from the earnings calls we saw discipline really in the production from pilbara from everyone i didn't see any outliers we haven't seen what sqm did in the quarter um but we know igo is talking about taking less material I, I, to my mind i don't think you know some are suggesting that's a China thing, to my mind, it's a pricing and a timing mechanism thing because the pricing for the for the fourth quarter is almost $3,000 a ton, and I'm not sure how one can process that for a region, reasonable margin and or how you know what you do with it. Uh, and if there's offset at the hold co, even if you sell it at a loss, so I'm not exactly sure. And, and Albemarle mentioned that on the timing of you remember of the spodumen inventories versus converting to chemicals so there is some 
you know, technical issues in their poor earnings results, but I'm not seeing masses of oversupply. I've mentioned, you know, this time around uh, versus 2018, 2019, we're not talking about cash trap juniors that are highly leveraged that are forced to produce to fund toxic convertible bonds. You know, we're talking about far more well-capitalized, disciplined tier one players. So I think order will be restored to the market uh, in a more timely manner than to the 2018, 19 and whatever it was into 20, depends on when you call it. Um, you know, Paul Graves called that. Uh, we shall see if Albemarle's charts, you tweeted those about what inventory levels were on the downstream. They look pretty lean. Now that we're talking about if the US is going to ease back on rate hikes and you know the next move is possibly down or things are going to settle down in the rates market then and we're going to see some stability there, then that should, from a macro perspective, be better off for people buying cars and so on. But um, the one other thing to note hard is um, looking at BYD's numbers and their earnings. If you look at how much they are producing and exporting, and you look at the records of all of the Chinese auto companies domestically, but they're going to start to export. I think Ford and GM are playing a dangerous game by slowing down because China isn't. And a lot of markets near where I'm located in Africa, there are a lot of Chinese internal combustion engine cars, and I think those can be replaced with Chinese EVs and um, the legacy OEMs might wake up and find that the developing world is driving twelve or $13,000 BYD seals or whatever it is and not their cars. You know, we wait to see how that plays out. Um, and a reinforcement of um, the belief in the longer term fundamentals is what you mentioned that, you know, Chris Ellison and Gina Reinhardt are everywhere. They basically, you know, you step onto Aussie soil and you've got them in your face. Let's address that now. Uh, what do you think happens with Azure? This is unusual um, uh, that they're in both companies. Um, in, in, in the case of Liontown, there's a suspicion that Gina will bring in uh, Minrez, you know, to do mine services and, and whatever, and there's partnership potential there. But, uh, you know, he's on the register of most of the companies. Here it was like she came on and then he came on, right? He might have already been on um, and he, in, in a, a non-disclosable position and then added to it. But it's all happened like very fast. It's still very much earlier stage than Liontown. Um, do you think SQM walks away or do you think, um, what do you think happens? I have, I have a view, but I want to hear yours. You know, I think SQM wants to diversify. Um, it's a very big prospective resource. If I'm not mistaken, Howard, I think uh, Edison and Reinhardt have about 30% cumulatively between right. them. In the, in the yeah, yeah. You know, I think having them as bedfellows on the board might prove to be somewhat challenging. But SQM walk away. What do they buy? I don't think SQM walks away. I think SQM uh, is happy in uh, a West Farmers joint venture. Um, I think SQM would be okay uh, in another joint venture. 
but it, you know, unlike uh, Kidman, you know, where they came in and they earned into 50% right away, here they made a bid for the whole company. Um, so we're in uncharted territory. I don't know that I've seen SQM, you know, get, you know, have to deal with an M&A, you know, activity here. Uh, you know, are, 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 is Gina and Chris Ellison, um, you know, working together or working independently? Are they having, you know, are they drinking expensive red wine in some restaurant, you know, in a basement in, in Perth well, and, and I don't know about, here? Or? I, I don't know about <laughs> Aussie rules, but I know in South Africa and elsewhere, if, if you are working in concert, it has to be disclosed in terms of how you announce your stakes and whatever else. Um, I, 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 I wasn't actually, I was being facetious here. Like, I don't want to call from well, like it, Chris, it, it Chris, Chris Ellison that, that, that I'm, I'm really suggesting that, but I, um, but they obviously know each other well and they're partnered in iron ore. Um, so do, do you think that they would go head to head, you know, in, in bidding for the whole company or in both of their instances, they're acquiring these blocking stakes and then just sitting there. So that's my theory my theory is that this is just going to like potentially die out for a, a period of time it's still very early stages there's still no resource there um so people you start say, demanding about it, so how that, if, if you're paying over the bid price are you going to make a higher bid for the whole company or are you just going to block the vote on the existing bid? yeah i don't know there's a real takeover offer there right um it's a multi, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I don't know all the rules in Australia. You're right. No, there but I'm is just a, saying, uh, in terms of what what, the, what their logic is, one thing I think that people need to wake up to is between this wildcat essential, all of the things going down. Chris Ellison might, after all is said and done, when these things are developed, be the biggest player in the world. Yeah, and um, that's why I've been very happy, and and I'm thinking about adding. I've, I've been. Holding mineral resources is one of my biggest positions for five years, and uh, thinking of adding to it because, uh, yeah, how do you play all this activity in Western Australia, right? The, I'm not going to play it through SQM. You can't play it through Hancock um, and Chris Ellison, who owns I don't know 16 or 17 percent of the company. I always sleep well at night, you know, knowing you know being interest aligned. Um, you know, with Chris, even though he's like making it up as he goes along, he he, he says. Um, he's a shrewd, rough and tumble, you know, entrepreneur and, uh, yeah. And owning, and I believe owning the rock is where the margins are. So if he is the biggest player in rock, be, you want to be there with him. And, uh, yes, you get iron ore exposure, mine services, business exposure. I think people, um, it was a very good, uh, interview, um, with uh, the mines and uh, the money of mines guys with uh, Anthony Cavanaugh, a fund manager in Australia, who I've known uh, for five or six years, you know, since he came onto the Piedmont share register. Um, I tweeted about his uh, 10 or 12 minute discussion, uh, uh, breaking down the sum of the parts valuation of Piedmont. I would encourage uh, um, our viewers to check that out, but he also talked about mineral resources as one of his positions in there, and in in very um, you know positive terms as, as as undervalued. So I'm very much aligned with him on Minres and uh, and Piedmont. You know, not advice. Um, <laughs> their shareholdings of mine, Piedmont. You know, we are is an RK Equity client for a very long time. Uh, and, you know, but his analysis that the, um, offtake that 
Piedmont has with Sayana, he said, you know, if you value that and the income that they could generate versus Pilbara, um, then, uh, you know, it's very cheap. I think Piedmont's trading at two or three times. Uh, but he said that offtake agreement can be valued as a royalty. And if it's valued as a royalty, it could be worth as much as, you know, $2 billion. And he thought Carolina lithium alone, 40 million tons could be worth a billion dollars. Um, I tweeted that and got some flack from uh, Sayana shareholders. So to all the Sayana shareholders out there, um, I'd like to say, uh, you know, I don't have any special information, but there's all this kind of tribalism, you know, uh, uh, people like own a stock, they love a stock, and then they get angry about another stock. Like you can buy Piedmont stock if you don't like the uh, terms on which, uh, uh, you know, a deal was cut. But Brett Lynch did a very good thing by bringing Keith and Piedmont uh, into Sayana because without them, you, both companies would not have gotten North American Lithium. And North American Lithium is now having good drill results. This is a very large resource and it could be higher grade, uh, you know, going forward. But, um, you know, they they did make a, a an agreement, you know, with the government to examine you know, going downstream into, you know, potentially carbonate, potentially hydroxide. Yes, there's a half-built carbonate plant, but, um, you know, both Piedmont and Sayana have to decide to say yes, to kind of go through that. So I don't think it's wrong for Anthony Cavanaugh to just say, I don't know the outcome of that carbonate discussion, so I'm just going to assume they have a life of mine contract. Anyhow, I thought that was a, a, a hats off to the Minds and Money guys for a good interview um, uh, on that. And also, yeah, I, I very much, I I like Minrez. I like, you know, it's a bit rough and tumble. They like rock. We're hearing some rumors that they may be coming into some Canadian plays as well. You know, Gina Reinhardt, we, we think that that is probably the next you're going to hear more of that. We're hearing more of that than we are, you know, than in Brazil. But, you know, Sigma came out with some good drill results. That's a good, you know, uh, portent, you know, for, you know, Solus Minerals and, and, and Atlas and, and Lithium Ionic and, um, you know, our friend Emily Hirsch, who has a, a private, uh, you know, vehicle, you know, in Brazil. Um, if anyone's interested uh, to hear more about that, uh, please um, DM me on Twitter or, or, or get in touch. Um, so what else do we want to talk about? Uh, I'm just going to make a quick mention for the U.S. government is continues to write checks. Uh, our friend Tazo Arima, founder of Piedmont, who is now in Iperion X, received another uh, $12.7 million from the Department of Defense. I have an iPhone... Um, 15 here that's uh, titanium and it's it's lighter and uh i i almost got the 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 one with the three um you know the, the camera with, with the three cameras um for the iphone 14 but it was too heavy for me you know but when the 15 came out and it was materially lighter i i, I um i bought it and I, I actually made that calculation i saw how much it weighed and i was also told that you know the durability of it is that you don't need a case. So anyway, titanium's properties are highly relevant and they could very well be very relevant in the auto industry. Uh, um, 
Tazo has been a pioneer. He got into lithium well before anybody else. And rather than go back into lithium, he's looking five years into the future with titanium. And uh, we think if you guys want to diversify a diversified play outside of this space in, in a highly critical mineral that America is almost 100% reliant on, you know, Iperion X is a great vehicle. And um, and uh, they have good shareholders, fidelity, and uh, and significant government support. As does Talon Metals and Nickel. Uh, they announced a uh, hundred fifteen million dollar grant uh, is now being like implemented. And uh, Albemarle, just reminder, uh, in their call mentioned they're getting ninety million dollars from the Department of Defense, not the Department of Energy, Department of Defense, for mining, not processing in Kings Mountain, you know, North Carolina. Uh, the logic of that, you know, in combination with, you know, what Piedmont has in North Carolina, we believe the market's giving zero value to what is the flagship asset, you know, for Piedmont. And, uh, you know, I, I can't, I, I'm just shocked. We started the year and uh, I don't mean to over talk on, on Piedmont, but I just remember I was in Budapest, the, you know, the Christmas was not Christmas, you know, holiday was not yet even over. And uh, I saw that they had restructured, you know, their uh, offtake agreement with Tesla and, you know, to, to be on variable pricing and to be supplied out of Quebec instead of North Carolina. And then soon after that, they signed an agreement with LG Chem uh, and got 75 million, I'm sorry, yeah, 75 million bucks, I think at like 70 or $75 price. And I never thought I'd see, you know, $50 Piedmont again, right? Let alone 40, let alone 30. <laughs> you know, and it's now below, it's now in the 20s, uh, you know, around 500 million market cap. So uh, again, listen to the call, you know, next week. Yes, spot, I mean, prices are lower, but they're still very profitable. Um, I think uh, at Piedmont buying from like $900. What else? Uh, related to North Carolina is uh, Toyota announced uh, an increase in their battery plant. So this is Toyota, not the cars. Like there was a headline like Panasonic, you know, pot, you know, major supplier for Tesla slowing down uh, on their batteries. But here you have Toyota car maker um, building uh, an $8 billion now. I think that was twice the size. Toyota's a laggard in, in EVs, the pioneer in hybrids, but they have a 300 billion market cap. We watched a good video. I forget exactly with who the analyst was, but um, it was talking up Toyota, uh, maybe their slow go, you know, fast follower play might, you know, you know, might do well uh, here. And he, and he, he, he basically said Toyota is just, it's a great company. Always have known about their, uh, a key ingredient to their success has been their supply chain management um across traditional audio autos and that's how they're able to produce cars so cheaply uh, toyota through toyota susho was early into oracobre now Alchem. and reading that article i saw that toyota susho owns 10 percent uh and toyota motor company owns 90 percent you know of that carolina facility and I think they currently make only one or two fully electric vehicles, but they are planning. I think they have a, a plant in Kentucky that's going to make their their first full electric, you know, EV in the United States. So, bottom line, you put together the the supply chain intelligence of uh, Toyota, and they're here in North Carolina. Uh, you know, the prospect that they could be sourcing, you know, from Piedmont from 
Albemarle or other companies, you know, in in North America, as they did through Oracobre, I think is is a reasonable guess. Jumping in here from the editing room to tell you about Lithium Royalty Corp. Lithium Royalty Corp is at the center of a global energy transition and manages a globally diversified portfolio of lithium-focused royalties in electrification and decarbonization. With 32 royalties on 29 higher-grade, lower-cost projects from exploration to production, LIRC covers all the bases with well-managed risk, ESG considerations, and a scalable royalty structure. Lithium Royalty Corp. is traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange ticker symbol LIRC. To find out more, visit lithiumroyaltycorp.com. Um, Canada also in the news with a $1.5 billion infrastructure fund. You know, some more money, you know, is following there. Um, and uh, yeah, um, the EV adoption slowing, you know, which has been the headline, you know, seems very Ford and GM specific. You've had, by the way, UAW is starting to cut deals with all of the auto companies. They're threatening to go after Tesla next. You know, it's an interesting dynamic. You know, Hyundai, you know, Kia, the Koreans, you know, they're doing pretty well. So like the Fox News's, the CNBC's, you know, the, the narrative has shifted very quickly, like anti-EV, there's no more demand, et cetera, uh, in the U.S. Um, but there's been a lot more pushback, you know, against that in the last, you know, you know, couple of days, which is making a bit more optimistic. Um, as I said, I've been getting a bunch of calls. I spoke to a trader, uh, a very active trader in the lithium, you know, futures market, hydroxide, et cetera. And he was just asking him, you know, where he felt right you know the, the the floor you know like what's going on like how it, his view was we could go he thinks 20 to 22 dollars or so could go a little, bit, a little bit lower than that but he feels that that's you know a floor and he thinks we could trade sideways for six to nine months uh, as we f finalize this kind of restocking eric norris in the album call said that companies are operating at like 90% utilization. So if they're operating at 90% utilization, that's usually, you know, they, they've got to be buying. Um, but if if this trader is right and we go sideways and, you know, the second half, uh, things will pick up uh, and potentially sharply, you know, the market might start pricing that in a lot sooner than that, you know, in, in Q1. He felt the lipidolite uh, break even was like 200,000 RMB. So Lipidolite comes on, off, like at what point, you know, can they start making money? And that was like in the mid to upper, upper 20s. Uh, so there is a risk um, if the price gets out of control again, that these guys will come back in the market. Uh, that's always a risk. Uh, Paul Graves suggested the price should be between 20 and 30 long term, but that doesn't mean that it can't, you know, overshoot on the downside or overside overshoot on the upside but we'll see we'll see what happens once we stabilize here are we going to continue to have this like crazy volatility all the way on the upside all the way on the downside you know i don't know maybe it'll mature maybe the the advent of the the guangzhou futures you know uh create some risk management tools to, to enable you know less volatility but i feel like we're we're close to the bottom 
And on the other hand, that article I shared with you on Zimbabwe, and you just said a million times, that's how much more of that is there, right? So the, the spodumene duopoly that I'm talking about or hoping uh, uh, about, if all of a sudden you have large sources of supply that are not in public companies that are not we're not so aware of, um, then maybe Albemarle and, and Pilbara can't control so much. Like, how do we get a read on how, you know, the, the grade, the volumes, um, you know, coming from those markets? Again, it's, it's hard to tell off the, off the import data. Um, but, um, you know, the infrastructure, logistics, etc. there are some limitations in Zim and you're supposed to beneficiate in countries. So, I don't think, you know, you can just keep extrapolating out into the never, never, but I think there is some scope there, but I think China has read the tea leaves on what's happening in Australia and Canada and elsewhere, and they are going to gun for Africa and Brazil um, and, and look to secure their own supply. If there is going to be some kind of a freeze out on, you know, on, uh, on, on that supply and guys are going to look to do intermediate product and send to Europe or do their own thing. So they will look to push it. Uh, the infrastructure isn't infinite. Zimbabwe is a landlocked country. Don't forget that. South Africa is facing its own challenges on Transnet and some of the rail logistics, uh, you know, they can go elsewhere through other routes, but I don't think there's a the potential for infinite increase out of out of Zimbabwe. There's you know room to grow it, but it's you know they in load shedding and you've got, you know road and rail is not perfect. Um, you know for now they've they've made it work, but can it be on an on a sort of exponential basis keep going from from where it's at? Uh, uh, you know I'm not. I'm not sure. I guess we all scoffed when they said oh, we can be 10% of the world's production. And if they're hitting that annualized rate that they're talking about, then they are about that for this year. Um, I wouldn't read too much into the, um, to be able to keep scaling that beyond. There are other large deposits in other countries that, that might, that might be able to play a role, but, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting again, this whole two-tier bifurcation, you know, is there going to be an IRA tier one FTA sort of supply chain versus China taking up whatever's coming its way? Do we have any view? Is this DSO or is it like, you know, they're, they're, they're concentrating the spodumene concentrate because in, in the West, you know, you have to do resource definition, you know, studies, uh, permitting, um, you know, how, how could it, it go from a very small amount? We always knew Bikita. Well, Bikita was, it was going to ramp and it has ramped. You've got, you know, uh, Premier, you've got Arcadia, you know, coming online. So that's all has got, you know, they had feasibility studies and so on. There is right. some... They got bought out a while ago, so they're... And, yeah, we have it's, it's not all. It's not all chemical grade. It's There is some other stuff in there. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, the independent small contractors, they, you know, they do their thing. That's a rough and tumble 
as you as you like you know how they how they do it but um yeah i mean they, they are going to ramp it but as i say I, I don't know in terms of resource and size if they can you know if they get it to that level this year how much more scope there is in years beyond given infrastructure and so on but we have heard of nigeria we've heard of angola even you know there's mm-hmm. abyssinia you know so there are other deposits you know popping up that we we do need to get a handle on but um we have a good line of sight in in the tier one and main you know listed companies and and we get an assessment on where they are at it is interesting i know some roll their eyes at the analogy but are we having some kind of a you know like an opec shale whatever moment as to who produces and who doesn't uh, and you know what comes comes onto the market i want to mention uh, in the context of africa um sam jonah who I think was the founder of Anglo Gold Ashanti or one of the major shareholders, a legend in the gold mining industry, Sir uh, Sam Jonah. Uh, There's an article um, where he was complimenting, commending uh, the deal that the government did with Atlantic. He was praising, you know, it was good that he got, you know, higher royalty and et cetera. But he also... um, mentioned that, you know, the, 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 the prospect of kind of going downstream is, is not something that's feasible, you know, in the short term with a, a mine life that's only kind of 12 years. But uh, he was praising it and basically saying that um, Ghana has great lithium resources, but so do other countries in Africa, like Zimbabwe, like Nigeria. And it, it was very good for Ghana to have gotten this behind them. Let's get this mine into production as the first of, you know, future ones. So it's welcoming, um, you know, further investment, you know, in the country. Uh, to any warriors out there about, you know, Atlantic or being forced to build a hydroxide or some intermediate, um, yes, that is, uh, they have to do a scoping study for that, but, um, and they will, but uh, there's no commitment. They don't have to do that. Uh, they'll be able to export SC6, um their share, um, you know, as the main business plan for for Atlantic. And um, we interviewed them combined with Piedmont, I think it's what, 360,000 tons of spodumene production coming from that project, you know, probably from 2025. And uh, the market is not pricing the profitability of um, that project, which is very low CapEx, very low OPEX. It's plain vanilla to keep it simple, stupid story. Um, in Ghana that uh, not reflected in either Atlantic or or Piedmont stock. We don't have much more time here because we have some other things happening in the next few minutes. Just, I'll highlight uh, you know, the IMARC conference, the, the, the biggest, I think, mining conference in, in Sydney is, you know, I guess just completed. Um, our friends at Champion Electric Metals, Jonathan Buick, uh, I tweeted, you know, he was down there, I guess, visiting, you know, some people there. He has indicated the possibility of you know, in ASX listing at some point in the future. So I don't know what, if anything, is on, you know, and, and a lot of Australians have kind of like come into, um, you know, champion stock. Uh, I might go to the uh, Red Cloud event in Toronto next week. I haven't decided yet. I have an invitation 
Benchmark Minerals is having their conference in Los Angeles, their flagship conference um, in mid-November, also deciding whether or not I can make it there. But I have um, I have some constraints as a as a single dad and how much travel I can do. Um, and I am going to see you, Rodney, at the one-to-one conference. Uh, you'll be presenting. I'll be moderating um, later this month. So anyone, any of our viewers who are in London and... Uh, want to meet Rodney and me, um, happy to, you know, get a beer or, uh, come, you know, to the one-to-one conference again, please DM me, um, or send me an email. And then uh, after that, uh, Deutsche Bank is having their, you know, annual conference in December virtual conference. So I think that that summarizes, um, the remaining major, you know, lithium conference activity, you know, as the, the year is quickly moving to uh, the end of the year. Uh, I have noticed that uh, with all this volatility in the market, uh, a number of groups like Rystead Energy, SMM, uh, Atomis, and, uh, and a few others uh, are having these you know, free webinars. Um, and I've registered for a few of them uh, because, I don't know. <laughs> so in addition to the, the conferences, there there's a lot of uh angst and sturm and dang and you know kumbaya have we got this all wrong or you know um uh you know so i'd encourage all our followers uh to you know if we see them and we'll, we'll tweet them and retweet them but um uh you know this is where this is where money is made right we often say buy the dips i've never seen you uh rodney as aggressive um, in the five years that I've known you, you've always been, you know, more conservative in terms of there's no specialty chemical multiple. You don't want to pay expensive things, but you're like, you know, licking your chops at, at some well-funded companies, you know, uh, either in the producing side or reasonably well-funded, you know, for the exploration side. And, um, you know, the activity, you know, the album, all the SQM, the Gina Reinhardt, the Chris Ellison's interest, they know what's going on in the market. They see it. Every every company, Live and Albemarle, both said there's no slowdown in auto OEM or battery companies wanting to secure supply. And that's mirrored by every junior that we represent and you know, are talking with who have hired investment banks. You know, I think Global Lithium, the most recent one with Azure, you know, Lithium. Um, so Latin Resources just hired uh, Macquarie, you know, Atlantic, you know, all of them have hired banks. You know, European Metals Holdings, you know, has also Azure and Tixis. And we talk to them and the interest level and the site visits from the OEMs is very, is very strong. Um, and, uh, you know, Simon Moore said it, I, I mentioned it last week, I'll say it again. The next nine months or so is the time that the audio OEMs have been waiting for. Prices are low. You know, if you want to secure supply, get active, you know, move, move forward. Um, I don't know if GM or Ford are going to do it. By the way, Ford uh, cut a deal with Compass Minerals, a former client of ours, um, you know, which, uh, you know, since they you know signed a deal with Energy Source Minerals, you know, for technology, they've been advancing their project. And, um, you know, this was an already permitted on state land, you know, not not um, federal land. So it was already permitted. You thought there would be no problem. But 
just this year, the state government, you know, introduced legislation that created, you know, regulatory uncertainty as to whether or not they're going to be able to extract lithium. We had no idea. We haven't represented them for like over a year, year and a half. But, you know, it's hard to get stuff done in America, even in things where you think it's permitted. But, um, you know, Ford, LG, if they thought that they were going to get supply, you know, JP Morgan had Compass in their forward forecasts, you know, anyone else on the Great Salt Lake. So you just got to completely take them out now. Uh, supply has a history of under delivering and that's continuing to show itself. So those incumbents who have done deals for companies like Compass and have not been doing deals for Hard Rock because they don't like mining, they're afraid of mining, you know, just suck it up, GM. You know, GM's doing it anyway and, um, you know, with clay, but like Ford, you know, did it with Liontown, I guess, on the Hard Rock side, but, but write equity checks, you know, for Spodgmean. Keep it simple, stupid. Anyway, with that, um, we got to go because we have a 1230 call signing off. Have a good weekend.